Hey guys, JJ here. The Minnesota Rundown is sponsored by the Better Edge app. Better Edge is a legal online social betting marketplace that you can use real money to wager that allows you to post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in an online marketplace, compete in direct head-to-head challenges, compete in public or private betting competitions, and buy or sell positions, whether that be spread, over-under, money line at current market prices. Use promo code 10K at betteredge.com to get a free $5 when you sign up and verify your ID. Once again, that's 10K at B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to get a free $5. Are you guys looking for some kick-ass local clothing? Well, let us tell you about our friends at Soda Stick. Go to their website at sodastick.com, and hell, if you find something you like, there's no way you won't. Just enter the code 10KTAKES at checkout to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S., You'll certainly catch us wearing their top-notch apparel. Once again, it's SodaStick, S-O-T-A-S-T-I-C-K dot com, and use the promo code 10KTAKES. That's 10KTAKES to get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. This is the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm, of course, your host, JJ Journalist Jake, the best damn journalist to ever do it until I am not, uh, because there we have we have journalists on this show that prove that I'm probably not the greatest journalist out there. Because just like my guest today, uh, one of the greats, Mr. Andy Greeter, uh, sports writer for the Pioneer Press, he covers Gophers and Minnesota United primarily. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so the first thing I know you're kind of on a tight schedule. You're a busy guy. Um, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, lot lot going on. But um, one of the big news uh, breaking this week, obviously, was Mohamed Ibrahim coming back. You know, suffered that big injury at the beginning of the year against Ohio State. Unfortunately, you know, the leading running back and now the Gophers, you know, surprisingly holding their own um, with Kai Thomas and um, uh, Marquise Irving. You know, down to like their four and five guys having already lost three backs this year, but. Um, was this surprising to you to see him coming back? Yeah, I think uh, to, a, to a certain extent it was surprising just given the fact that, you know, he came back for a fifth year uh, in 2021. I think that was maybe a little bit more surprising just given the fact that he was the Big Ten running back of the year in 2020, rushed over 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns in seven games. Uh, to come back after that year, I think that was more surprising. So, you know, given the fact that he, he ruptured his Achilles – and there's a long rehab process with that. You know, he wasn't going to be able to do much at any sort of pro day or combine or or anything like that. So, you know, he wants to come back and, and put some things more on tape. Not that he has to, not that he has to prove anything more on the field. But I think it's more of, you know, setting himself up uh, for next spring when he goes to the NFL uh, and kind of be on the right footing at that point. Well, yeah, I think it'd be very tough uh, from my perspective to try to go to the NFL off an injury, like try to go in there into an unfamiliar environment. I know I'm sure they have some top trainers, top medical staff, sure, but you're trying to go and prove yourself as a rookie in the NFL coming off of coming off of an injury. You know, it does kind of make sense to come back to a familiar environment under PJ Fleck, rehab, rehabilitate your injury, and hopefully just kick some ass next season. You know, and start off where you left off. I mean, that's from how I think of it. You know, what his mindset is. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there 
you know, be some uncertainty on where he would be drafted, right? And you, you know, he's not the biggest guy, so he's not going to be, you know, a, you know, an early round pick just based off of of his size and, and his question marks on speed to begin with. So if he's able to to get healthy and, like I said, you know, kind of put some more things on tape and, and go into you know the pro day and the combine season next spring, uh, you know, working on that speed and working on. Uh, you know, his his other attributes and getting those back and proving that he can be the same kind of player is, is what he wants to do. Right. And, um, you know, we're just just let's just let's just play some hypotheticals here. If if, if Mo Ibrahim never got injured beginning of the season, where do you see the Gophers? You see him in the same spot right now uh, or wh- where would you see them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, their issues aren't in, in running the football, right? I mean, they've Kai Thomas, I think, has 400 yard games and, and Bucky Irving has shown a, an ability to to run the ball. Trey Potts did it as well. Bryce Williams uh, to the same degree. So it, to a certain extent, hasn't been the running back that has been the problem. It's been issues with the passing game, you know, kind of a revolving door at wide receiver, some erratic play from Tanner Morgan, some turnovers from Tanner Morgan, some some real reins that have been put on the passing game. So, you know, Mo Ibrahim isn't going to play wide receiver if he was on this team uh, right now. So I think those problems are, are probably still there. You might have more of a game breaker in, in Mo Ibrahim. I think that's uh, pretty well uh, understood and accepted. But, you know, it's kind of the issues in the passing game that that are still there. So I don't know if they're in much of a better spot. Obviously, he's a, he's a game breaker type, so you want that kind of guy. Uh, in the backfield and, and maybe things are opening up more in the passing game. But I mean, I, I can't really see a, a whole drastic change of, Hey, these guys are, are, you know, 10 and one going into the ax week. I don't, I don't know if I see that. Yeah. Cause a lot of people have been saying that like they're it, it's, I, I hate trying to go through hypotheticals cause it is, it can be depressing to think about like what could have been, but it's also, yeah, one of those things where one of our weaknesses this year has been defense at some points. And then passing in, in, in a lot of areas, you know, uh, even, even some rece- even some of our receivers, you know, Morgan's had his struggles, but I, I, you know, the Iowa game, I could count, you know, five or six times where the ball went right through the receiver's hands. And it's one of those things where the running game is, is by far, by no means, uh, you know, a weakness on this team. It seems to be consistent. I mean, Kai Thomas and Marquise Bucko Irving, and even a guy like Bryce, Bryce Williams, you know, was in Trey Potts, obviously losing those two guys were great, but just seeing these freshmen, um, you can look at the positive of it as you were able to see these freshmen come out who probably wouldn't have even had any really any time to play this season. And they've been so fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think we see the talent that both of those guys have. Both of them are are four-star recruits and, and different attributes. You know, Irving kind of a, a slasher, more speed guy, and Kai Thomas more of a bruising between the tackles kind of runner. So yeah, I think I think those guys would have been buried behind Mo if he was if he was still here. So I think we'll we see that there is a future there. And Mike Sanford today talked about, you know, hey, that that Mo will have an ability to to split carries and be able to work his way back. I wonder, you know, just given that it's a, a ruptured Achilles and how long that rehab process is, how long we'll we'll need to give Mo to see how soon he can come back and, and be full strength, you know, because it is a, a devastating injury that it will take a lot of time and, and he's going to be afforded that just knowing what, what, what else they have in the backfield. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it has been exciting, but uh, moving away from that a little bit, going to this weekend, uh, you know, exciting, it's going to be exciting, exciting regardless, um, you know, against the Badgers. It always is, even though the Gophers have been brutally, um, you know, uh, 
brutally unsuccessful in the last almost 20 years against the Badgers. It's been depressing, you know, going along with the Minnesota sports theme. But de- what what do you what do you expect to happen this weekend? First off, do you expect uh, Nebraska to hopefully kick Iowa's ass, and then hopefully maybe Minnesota can actually pull something and and uh, beat Wisconsin? Because I've I've heard from what I've heard, if if, if Iowa loses on Friday and we beat Wisconsin, there's a three-way tie or something like that, and Minnesota more than likely gets the nod. I don't know if that's for sure, if that's how it works, but I guess what do you what do you see kind of happening this weekend? Yeah, so what, what needs to happen is there needs to be a four-way tie. They need to have Purdue beat Indiana, which is pretty much a lock just given how bad Indiana yeah. is. So it needs to be a four-way tie just given where the tiebreakers go. Uh, they can't be in a three-way tie with, with Iowa and Wisconsin. They would lose out on – on the tiebreakers there. So it has to be a four-way tie. That's the only route for the Gophers to go to Indy. Uh, But yeah, one of those elements is Nebraska uh, beating the Hawkeyes. And, you know, the Hawk, the, excuse me, the the Cornhouse is going to be without Adrian Martinez. He's out with a shoulder injury and, and Nebraska was a three point favorite. Uh, And then the news that Scott Frost had with, with Martinez, Iowa became a one point favorite. So, you know, Adrian Martinez has, uh, has, has been a good player. I didn't know he was worth four points. That was a bit surprising to me to see that that kind of swing. Um, so I think the Cornhuskers are certainly, uh, you know, in the mix and, and can can pull off that win. Um, the Gophers, I think, are more of a long shot, right? I think mm-hmm. it's a seven-point spread in that game. Uh, Wisconsin's defense is the best in the country, if not in the top five. And they're going to be, you know, locking in to, to stop the run because that's what the Gophers do best. So what it's really going to come down to is, is what kind of wrinkles does this Gopher offense have, right? We saw some of those things against Iowa. We saw some of those things against Indiana. We're going to need to see all of it against mm-hmm. Wisconsin. And are they going to be able to, to set up a quick passing game like they did against the Hoosiers? Are we going to be able to see shots down the field? Are we going to see P.J. Fleck? willing to take risks during the game um, and not play for points uh, at times that he's shown uh, earlier this year. Is he going to want to go for the jugular to try to get seven and risk not getting three in the process? I think that's going to be key. You know, Braylon Allen, 240-pound uh, running back, true freshman, 17-year-old for the Badgers, can't even vote yet, uh, is uh, is been a, a terror for teams. And uh, it's going to take – what is a strong Gophers defense and, and a defense that has been strong in every game outside of Ohio State this year to gang tackle and you know limit his ability to 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 break open the game and uh, Graham Mertz has not shown himself to be a, a game breaker type uh, you know but so taking away Jake Ferguson their their tight end who's been around forever um, out of the passing game and and I think it'll be close uh, I think it's just a matter of you know. Who can win the turnover battle? And does PJ Fleck and Tanner Morgan do they take shots that are successful in the passing game? Or if we can get some a little bit of that luck spilling over from the Vikings beating the Packers and we beat another Wisconsin team in in an untraditional way. Because I was going to say the Vikings usually don't see the Vikings, particularly especially the Vikings, never winning games on a field goal, especially against the Packers. So if we can see a little bit of that magic fall over to you know PJ and and hopefully they can get a little bit of that momentum or something from that game in some way. Cause I want to see, I, I, you know, my, my time, my time on earth, it's just been a, every one of these Wisconsin gopher games have just been frustrating as all hell. And especially if we're playing again for potentially going to the 
Big Ten championship game, which I feel like it is a lot. It has been in the last a couple times in the last mm-hmm. decade. Yeah. It's yeah. uh it's it's damn annoying. And I want to see something <laughs> happen. Oh, that's yeah. an understatement. Yeah, I mean, 2018, you know, they won the axe for the first time in 15 years at Camp Randall. You know, that wasn't a good Wisconsin team, but there has been success against the Badgers recently. That's kind of the one uh time that they've done it, right? The last time they've they beat Wisconsin in Minnesota was 2008. So they were playing at the Metrodome the last time they beat the Badgers in Minnesota. Um, yeah, I think, you know, 2019, the the axe was on the line and so was the West. And 2014 was a similar situation. And, and both times the Gophers came up short. So, yeah, you'd like to see them not only get the axe, just given uh, the one-way narrative that this has gone on for. You know, I've covered this team since 2015 and, and they've had the ax one time and they've had the pig zero times. So I've read a lot, written a lot of the same stories about how the border rivals have, have had their number pretty much year in and year out uh, in recent history. You've had to re- just absolutely report the negativity and depression of, of Minnesota sports almost. Yeah. It's not, the, it's uh, not, it's not the negative media. It's, it's what the teams, yeah. what the teams do. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not out there playing the games. If, if they won, if they, you know, we're successful, then then that would be the, the positive story. Yeah, exactly. They rip at you, the media, like, oh, the media is so yeah, negative. Right. Well, maybe you should win. I don't know. Yeah, it's right. just a tip, I guess. You know. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, really quick, too, I want to. I saw that Jerry Kill might potentially be taking the New Mexico State job, and yeah. we play them at the beginning of next year. Do we hear a Jerry, Jerry chant from anybody in the crowd next year, or is it going to be Ooh. some booze? I think it'll be some booze. I think that he's he's shown himself to be pretty petulant over you know a, a situation where he had to step down, and his uh, you know predecessors, his coaching staff uh, were outed, right? And it was a, an unfortunate situation uh, with a sexual misconduct case that caused Mark Coyle to, to switch gears and hire PJ Fleck, and he's really bitter over. PJ not keeping anybody else around and saying that he had to change the culture and and Jerry Kill said some pretty negative things about PJ Fleck and and his ego and it's all about him and not about his players and and uh, you know PJ had to then step up and and kind of respond to those comments in 2019 so you know there was some bitter pills that were swallowed there I know there was a very contentious recruiting process for Boye Mafe out of Hopkins. Uh, between Jerry Kill and P.J. Fleck, and that animosity is very strong still. And I think, yeah, I mean, if he takes a New Mexico, New Mexico State job, uh, uh, a season opener that had no sizzle going into it, very much unlike the Ohio State game this year, it definitely had would have intrigue if, if Jerry Kill takes that job. You know, his former AD at, at Southern Illinois is is now the AD at, at New Mexico State, so that's the that's the connection and. Jerry Kill didn't deny anything when he was asked about it yesterday because uh, I know that TCU is going in another direction. That's where Jerry Kill is the, the interim coach. So, I mean, we could see it. I mean, if you're Jerry Kill and you're 60 years old, uh, do you want to go to New Mexico State and try to rebuild that program, which is you know maybe one of the most difficult places to, to coach and win at? Um, that just seems like a, an uphill battle for somebody that, you know, unfortunately, has had some health issues, uh, you know, repeatedly in his life. And I was rereading stories from 2015 when he stepped down and he wasn't taking his medication and he was 
you know, gripping the bat too tight and trying too hard. And, and his doctors were saying, Hey, you shouldn't coach again. Um, so here we are, you know, five years later, seven years later, six years later, and uh, he's trying to get back into it full time. And I mean, just from, from a well-being standpoint, you wonder if it's, if it's the best situation for him. Yeah. Who'd have thought that the New Mexico state game would have been a, a top commodity uh, going into next season. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that's yeah. insane. But um, before we, I know you, you got to get going here pretty, pretty soon, but uh, uh, to kind of shift gears here, I know you cover the Minnesota United and uh, you, you know, it's uh it's, it's kind of a topic we don't cover a lot here on this, on this podcast, but I'd love to to talk about it actually. Um, but obviously I think United, they, they did lose in their playoff game last, last weekend. And, um, against Portland, correct? So they're 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 out. Um, it's not a series. It I'm, I'm this shows my how I educate. No, it's all good. MLS yeah. playoffs. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, so they uh, uh were in the playoffs for the third straight year. Uh, last year they went to the Western Conference Final, uh, which yep. is you know, essentially the the semifinals of the league. Yep. Um, and uh, and lost a heartbreaker there. And all off season they were talking about. You know, hey, let's let's go further. Let's go to MLS Cup and and try to try to win the thing. So to to lose in the first round is is disappointing because they've they've added some you know relatively high priced players and uh, weren't able to to get it done. You know, they they started the season zero and four. We're one of the first teams, if not the first team, in the standard season to to make the playoffs after going in a in a big hole like that. So it was a achievement to be able to respond, but. You know, to not get a home playoff game and to to score early in that game and and to give up three and and go down the way that they did, it's it's ultimately a disappointment. But you know, three straight playoffs is is an achievement, and uh, now they have to to rebound and and try to remake the roster a little bit, try to get a little bit younger, and uh, come back here next February. And speaking of February, you broke some news about the U.S. men's team. They're going to be playing a qual- world qualifier in February. How is that going to happen outdoors? Is it going to be just, like super cold? Yeah, it's 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 pretty wild to think that there's going to be a an outdoor sporting event that isn't hockey uh, in Minnesota in February. You know, the average temps are, you know, it's a high of twenty six. You know, a uh, low of ten. You know, and and everybody that's in Minnesota knows that it could be negative twenty. Uh, the severe windshield or it could be a blizzard that day. So it's kind of all across the board, or maybe it's 40 degrees and it feels like tropical weather for us here in Minnesota. So who knows what it's going to be, but you know, the U S men's national team failed to qualify for the world cup in 2018. And they're taking all stops out to try to find ways to commit to, or to qualify and, and make the world cup and force a Honduran national team that is, not anywhere close to used to playing in these elements to come up here and try to forge a, a home field advantage by, by playing in Minnesota outdoors in February, they're going to be playing in Columbus a, a week before. And, and that weather could be pretty dicey as well. So, you know, Canada did it last week when, when they had Mexico up in Edmonton and there was a, a snow game there and Mexico uh, was struggling to, to play in those elements. So, Every team is trying to pull out all the stops to to qualify for a World Cup, and and that's why we see games in February in Minnesota. Oh, that'll be fun! And I know you're actually heading out to go for a basketball game now. Just 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 really yeah. quick, what uh, are is this team going to turn some heads this season? They're four and zero. I know they haven't played the yeah. best talent, but are they going to turn some heads this year and really because uh, they were predicted to, they were predicted to finish last in yeah. the Big Ten? Yeah. I don't think a lot of people had a lot of hopes on them because they're kind of a lot of 
guys from lower leagues. And I mean, what, right. what do you yeah. expect to see out of right. them this year? Yeah. I mean, I think it's been surprising to this point to, you know, be four and oh, and like you mentioned, they haven't played the, the best teams and, and the big 10 schedule will be a completely different beast. But I think what you see in this team is, is you see a, a fundamental team. I think you see a team that plays team defense, uh, hits the defensive glass, shares the basketball, uh, is is tough and together, um, and I think that's those are traits that'll bode well. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if they finish 14th or if they come up and finish 10th and you know win six or eight Big Ten games. I think they're kind of pegged to to win you know less than that, and I think that would be an achievement in their first year. You know, I think the fact that you know they have 10 new players and like you said, most of them are coming from you know non Power Five or you know, mid-major type leagues. Uh, I think that, you know, kind of shows the the coaching acumen. And and I think one, one of the interesting things that I've seen in Ben Johnson is, you know, just a detail in his answers. I feel like he's, you know, very forthcoming and and how he's building his program and pretty articulate in the things that he wants to see. And I can see that message getting relayed uh, to his players very effectively because it's just, you know, simple messages on on how to, you know, three defensive stops in a row is a kill. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And, and guys in the huddle will you know, kind of be talking about, you know, Hey, we've got two, let's, let's go get a third. And I see a, a real hunger. I think there's a lot of underdogs on this team. So no, I don't think they're going to win the, the big 10. I don't think they're going to go to March madness, but yeah. you know, they could be interesting and, and they could play strong team basketball. And, and for what we've seen over the last couple of years, I think that could be refreshing. Yeah, I think it is just refreshing seeing new guys on the court at least and some, you know, guys like Jamison Battle, Peyton Willis stepping up, hitting some jump yeah. shots. I think it'd be a miracle if they made the NCAA tournament, but uh, just to see a new fresh face is, 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 I think is great. I think that's what the fans want to see. But Andy, I know you got to get going here, but I want to thank you again for, for jumping on the episode of the Minnesota Rundown. Again, I want to thank Andy Greeter, um, sports writer for Pioneer Press. Uh, covers the Gophers and Minnesota United. You can follow. You can follow you. Everybody can follow you on Twitter at Andy Greeter. Um, if you want to hear get any breaking news, like we saw with the United States men's team today. And if guys, if you don't follow us, ten thousand takes already. Go to our website ten ktakesmn.com. Follow us on all social medias. Just look up ten k takes and um, all of our other podcasts. Just go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Type in ten thousand takes. You'll see all of our podcasts under our network. And we also, again, guys, we are also doing our tailgate show at the Victory Lot at um, right by Baldy's Barbecue Big RV on Saturday um, for the Wisconsin game. So it's kind of an unfiltered, just funny, comedic show we're going to be doing. And if you want to stop by, I'm sure you're going to be working. But um, we're, we're going to be over there doing that. But, uh, again, Andy, I want to thank you for, for jumping on. I'm, of course, your host, JJ. This was another episode of the Minnesota Rundown. Have a great week, everybody, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.